The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Back on it with you. John Schools here, your host, and always uh, with me, someone from San Fury to Market LLP. We always got the cream of the crop, and tonight it's Mackenzie Irwin back because he was here a short time ago and sharing the knowledge, which is employment law. If you don't know, if you're in the dark, we'd like to uh, shatter some of the myths and misconceptions when it comes to employment law. You'll want to reach out to, over the course of the next half hour. We'd love to get you on the show. You can email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and then uh, outside of the hour, or at least the half hour of the show, Mackenzie's always there to answer your questions. You can uh, use that same email address and you can call 1-855-821-5900. But as mentioned, the lines are open. We're ready for you to call in and talk to us here on this uh, this Monday night in between uh, trick-or-treaters and the kids ringing your doorbell and the dog barking, which I'm waiting for. You can uh, call us and talk to us. We'd love to get you on. But uh, Mackenzie, we always start off with the other uh, week that was before we get into our topic of the night and that is no your employer is not allowed to dot 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 we'll get to those but what do you got going on my friend yeah so a little bit of the week that was um i spoke with a gentleman uh, who's expecting his first child in january of 2023 he's he's 34 years old and he worked at his company for about eight years as a manager and and in that position he was in charge of managing a team of 10 to 15 direct reports so he's very excited to take his paternity, his first ever paternity leave, and mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that his employer had as much notice as possible to manage his team while he was off on his pat leave. So although he wasn't really aware of it, but he's only really required to give his employer two weeks notice of his inten- intentions to take a pat leave, he really, you know, he was really close with, with his employer and he wanted to give them as much notice as possible. Um, and he, he advised them that he was going to take a pat leave in January, um, two weeks ago. So his employer right afterwards, um, you know, immediately afterwards started treating him differently. He told me that, yeah, exactly. He told me that they started, um, kind of going, not including him in certain meetings and going around his back to, um, approve certain things that he otherwise would have been very involved in, in, in those decisions. Um, and so last week they told him that they were going to be terminating his employment and they gave him eight weeks of working notice. This termination would bring him, or this eight weeks of notice would bring him to, um, sometime in, in, uh, late December, and the termination is going to impact his ability to access employment insurance during his paternity leave. So he called. He called us. He actually first went onto our website and um, checked out the severance pay calculator and realized that he's likely entitled to much more than the eight weeks of notice that that they gave him. Um, but so he called me, contacted me. We spoke about all, all, everything that he's going through. I advised him that he's, you know, he's likely entitled to significantly more than eight weeks, um, than the eight weeks of working notice that he's been giving. But in addition to that, there's also a very significant human rights violation here. Right. Um, I don't know how many times we have to tell employers and we see it time and time again, they still do it. Don't mess with parents in their parental leaves. Um, he, uh, he, he's like, he advised them of 
take his intentions to take pat leave and almost immediately he's uh treated differently and he's terminated so we're gonna there's a significant human rights violation there and we're gonna write to his employer to kind of sort out these issues and he's likely not only entitled to um more severance but he could possibly be be entitled to reinstatement into his prior position so we're gonna write to his employer and try and sort out these issues and hopefully get him either reinstated so that his paternity leave isn't impacted or a significantly higher severance package yeah another employer doing everything wrong and he was uh, smart to give you guys a call for sure you want to reach out by the way to uh, Mackenzie and her team anytime with uh, such matters or anything different just for a uh, conversation of a uh, more lengthy private Nature one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But uh, let's get into our topic for the night, my friend, and that would be no. Your employer is not allowed to number one refuse to pay you overtime if you actually worked the extra hours. How about that? Yeah, exactly. And and this is something that I find uh, a lot of employees aren't really aware of, but. Um, the Employment Standards Act actually requires your employer to pay you overtime pay for any hours that you worked over 44 hours per week. So here we are. Um, your employer cannot refuse to pay you that overtime, especially if you've actually worked those additional um, hours over 44 hours in one week. And so um, it, it's really, really important here that employee, employees are keeping track of the hours that they work in any given uh, work week, because if you're keeping track and you know, okay, I've worked more than those 44 hours, you should be reaching out to your employer and letting them know, first of all, that you're working all these extra hours, but also making sure that, that you're getting paid for that for that overtime. And so overtime pay is, is actually paid out in um, 1.5 times your hourly rate. And so that could be um, obviously very significant compensation if you're missing out on that. And with that, we'll take one quick break. Employment Law Show, stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Good idea. Share your stories and questions for email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Getting back into this with Mackenzie Irwin, courtesy Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. No, your employer is not allowed to. That's the topic for uh, tonight's show. Second point, not allowed to make up a bogus negative performance review. That's nasty. How does that work, Mackenzie? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, if, if, they're, if your employer is making up uh, performance reviews that are unsubstantiated or that you disagree with, they certainly cannot be, they're not allowed to do that. Um, and it's very important that you you take steps to to address that and, and to correct that. So if your employer is making a bogus negative uh, performance review of you, um, you're going to need to to um, sit down, take a look at the review. Take well, if, if they're doing it in a meeting, you're going to need to have them give it to you in writing. Sit down. Take a look at the review and make sure that you go point by point um, why each uh, each instance is is incorrect um, and give your your perspective on that and and you're going to want to put that in in writing to your employer because uh, obviously the employer is putting the making up these uh, performance reviews for a reason likely it's because we we find that they're trying to build a case to terminate you for cause. And if you sit back and, and do nothing and, and never address these bogus reviews, 
um, you're going to hand them the case. Um, likely you're going to hand it to them. So you need, it's really important that you do take steps to address it um, and, and give your perspective. And it's very important that you do that in writing. And again, moving on to our next point, know your employer is not allowed to. If any of these shock you and you want to have a conversation, by the way, after the show or later on tomorrow during this week, oh, wait a minute, I didn't know that. I better talk to Mackenzie. You can always reach out, right? Always one 821 5900 Hey, Mark, how you doing? What's going on tonight? Not bad, buddy. Thank you for uh, the show. You guys do a great job. I uh, appreciate um, it. Which, uh, what's going on? Well, uh, so this is in relation to my mother. She's, uh, she's over 65. And I'm not sure if this program is specifically provincial or if it's uh, uh, across Canada. Um, but there's a, apparently a program for, I guess, seniors, if they're still working, that they can choose not to work on Sundays or the weekends in general. Are you aware about this? I am not aware of that. But in terms of uh, choosing when when they are supposed to work, there's certainly something that they can negotiate with their employer. Is it something that um, your mother's employer has uh, approached her for? Actually, no. So it, I'm wondering if the fact that you don't know about it must be because she's from Quebec and uh, it might be a provincial thing that they yeah. set up. But apparently it's uh, anyone 65 and older are not obligated to fulfill either. I'm not sure if it's 44 hours or 40 hours uh, per week. So I guess I probably can't really ask my question if you're not familiar with it. It, it might be something that's specific to Quebec. I'm not aware of anything in Ontario that, that allows that, but certainly there's, um, there's provincial regulations that, that address um, how many hours per week anyone should be working in each province. Right. So she should certainly... Um, she can consult with a Quebec um, licensed employment lawyer and they can certainly address that. Okay, perfect. And, and that does not, because she's actually thinking about moving up here. Um, so something like that, to your knowledge, doesn't exist up here? Not that I'm aware of, but certainly it's something that she can negotiate with any new employer if there's a certain day on, on, a, on, a, on a weekend or, or a certain day that she's not going to be able to work, then that's something that she can certainly address with a, with a new employer in Ontario. Okay, okay. And if your employer were to implement some kind of a program where they state uh, that you only have to work, say, 30 hours a week, and then your employer asks you to do overtime, specifically uses the word overtime, and you work those hours, let's say you work five hours, so now you've got, you've got 35 hours. Technically, <laughs> that, that she can't, be, can't get overtime because she didn't supersede the four, 40 or 44 hours. Hmm. So actually, if your employer has stipulated in a contract that you're only supposed to work 30 hours per week, for example, um, and and you work more than 30 hours per week, that contract has actually lowered the threshold for overtime pay. And you could be entitled to overtime pay for any hours that you work over that 30-hour threshold that's outlined in your contract. Very interesting. Okay, that's very good to know. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks, Mark. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time, pal. You want to further information from Mackenzie? You can always have a chat. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Henry, thanks for hanging on. How are you? What's your question? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for taking the time. Go ahead. Uh, so my question was uh, related to overtime, and uh, I currently paid a salary for a year, um, and I was just curious: does that make a difference if I'm entitled to overtime or not? 
Great question. Yeah, that is a very good question. Oftentimes people who are salaried don't think that they're entitled to, to overtime, but you absolutely are. Um, and so, uh, Henry, are you, uh, are you in a management position? Uh, they call me the assistant manager, and they tell me that uh, any overtime needs to be approved by the manager. So they can certainly ask for your approval or for their for you to get their approval before you work any overtime hours. But absolutely, you're you were very likely entitled to overtime pay for any of those hours that you work over the 44 hour threshold. But um, in terms of how it's it's calculated, your salary can actually be broken down into an hourly um, hourly rate. And so uh, that's how they would calculate that. Yeah, that's what I said. Like even a hundred bucks overtime would be something. And if I was entitled mm -hmm. to it, you know, sure where? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so, and so certainly if, if they're not, if they're refusing to pay you your overtime and, and you've actually worked those hours, you should, should absolutely reach out. Um, and we, sometimes it just takes, a, it's, it's a matter of uh, receiving a, a letter from a lawyer in order to get them to pay that overtime. But it sounds like you, you very well um, are entitled to overtime pay. Got uh, Jane standing by. Hi, Jane. You're up next. What's your question? Uh, my question is, um, my employer placed a letter of warning on my file, and they said that they would provide a copy. They, however, never provided a copy. It ju I was just informed a while later that it appeared on my file. I didn't agree with it and was planning to dispute it with mm -hmm. uh, a consulting firm that we have for uh, non-unionized uh, management employees and so i tried to uh email the employer about it and they've ignored both of my emails so now i'm proceeding with that consulting firm but i'm wondering like is that something that they're allowed to do uh player wise yeah so so jane in terms of of pro providing you're absolutely entitled to a copy of the letter of warning certainly it's it's very important that your employer communicates to you what it is what issues they have if any with your employment or with your performance and so you're certainly entitled to know um the details of the of that letter um and then certainly you you can once you have the details uh, address it and i would uh, i would suggest that you do that in writing um and in terms of uh, jane are you unionized no i am a management we have uh it's a consulting firm that works with uh management employees and they kind of help us with these type of issues with uh managers mm. I see. Yeah. So certainly, I mean, you, if, if your employer is refusing to provide you with a letter of warning, certainly um, reach out to reach out to me, give us a call and, and uh, we can schedule a, uh, a time to speak about it in more detail. But it might be a matter of uh, receiving a letter from from a lawyer in order to get them to pr produce that letter, uh, that warning letter. And then once we know the details, we can kind of take it um, next steps from there. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jane. Appreciate your time. And uh, again, reaching out to uh, to Mackenzie and her team afterwards, which you probably want to have a further chat, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to remind you as well, you got the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's a great resource for learning about your employment law rights. You also have baked into that the severance calculator, and that'll do exactly what the title says, right? It'll figure out what your severance should be, the proper number, the proper amount of severance you wrote under the common law. That's the number you should believe. And it takes about
about 30 seconds to go through it. It's absolutely free, and over 2 million people have used it. 2 million have gone through pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and the severance calculator to do exactly what I uh, what I just mentioned. Okay, back into this, Mackenzie. Know your employer is not allowed to. The next stop will be this. Let you go without severance just because you did something wrong. That is a higher threshold than what they're pointing out there, right? Very high threshold here. Yeah. yeah. So what they're what they're talking about here is is um, letting you go for cause, and so for cause without paying you any severance. And so that just cause and terminations are the absolute capital punishment of employment law, and the threshold to achieve that is very very high. So. A single incident of doing something wrong is certainly not going to rise to that level, that high threshold um, to establish just cause and to justify terminating terminating you without any severance. Um, and so, if you've only done if you've done something wrong, and your employer hasn't, uh, you haven't been repeatedly doing this wrong, and um, and you haven't received any warnings that this was wrong. Um, certainly you're entitled to severance and that, that severance could be up to 24 months of pay. And so if someone has, if your employer has let you go without any severance, it's very important that you have that situation reviewed by an employment lawyer because very, it's very, very likely that you're entitled to severance. And I guess, you know, a bit of a, an addendum to that one is that your, you know, your employer really outside of anything of like a human rights violation, they can let you go any time that they want without cause, but they just have to pay your full severance. So Mackenzie, you come in tomorrow, I don't like the color of your shirt. Stupid would never happen. But theoretically, I could let you go for that as long as I give you your full severance, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's something that that is always uh, kind of a tough pill for a lot of employees to swallow is that they, they a lot of employees real think that they need your employer needs to give you some sort of reason they have to mm -hmm. do something wrong in order to be terminated and that's certainly yeah. not the case as long as your employer is not terminating you for any human rights violation um for anything any issues with uh, a human rights violation and they're paying you your proper severance which as we all know, nine times, or I would say 9.9 .9 times out of 10, yeah. an employer is not providing you with the proper severance and you're certain you're entitled to more. Um, and that's kind of what, what, why an employment lawyer is so important because uh, we can just, we can determine whether the severance that they're providing to you is, is truly what you're entitled to. Here's another one. This one's a big one too. Know your employer is not allowed to uh, ignore your complaints about harassment by a coworker. Gosh, people still do that, but uh, you can't uh, you can't let that one lie for sure. No, certainly, and and there's actually there's legislation mm -hmm. in, in Ontario that protects right. employees um, and 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 requires employers to take prompt action when a, a employee has made a complaint about uh, harassment in the workplace, and so. If you've made a formal complaint, that's very important. Your employer cannot ignore that. They must take uh, very prompt action to first um, make sure that uh, they've taken any steps to prevent any further harassment um, in the workplace. Uh, then they're going to have to investigate the, your harassment complaint to determine whether it truly is harassment. Um, they're going to have to interview witnesses. They'll have to yeah. um, come up with, give you a decision as to whether your complaint, uh, your harassment complaint has been, um, has been found out. Um, and then once they have the, 
they've made a conclusion as to your harassment investigation. Uh, they're going to need to make sure that they're taking all reasonable steps to pre prevent you and prevent anyone else from experiencing harassment in the workplace. So it is something that's, that, that needs to be taken very seriously in, in, in Ontario and in, in employment law. And for some reason, that's something that employers uh, tend to overlook. Though, um, you know, Susie's just, she, she's always making, she's always complaining. She's always complaining. It doesn't oh. matter. Um, any any um, harassment complaint, formal complaint must be investigated. Uh, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Here's another one that's a big trip up for a lot of employers. Now, most employers, granted, are, are good in this province, but some still kind of mess this one up. They're not allowed to fire you for taking a medical leave of absence. Yes. Yeah, absolutely not. So if you've taken a medical leave of absence or you require a medical leave of absence, you're on what we call a job protected leave. And right. so it's very important that your employer understands that um, you have a right to take a medical leave um, and you have a right to be reinstated following um, when, once you've been medically cleared to return to work. And so it's really very important that employers understand that once, once your employee has informed you that they do need to take a medical leave, um, that uh, you don't take steps to, you don't mess with that with that employee. That employee is now on a job protected leave. So I, I get these calls all the time when someone has an upcoming, you know, surgery booked or something, and they let their employer know, and they are they're they're letting them go before they don't want to have to deal with covering that employee's medical leave, and that's a that's a major human rights violation um, oh. and a big no no for employers. This last one we'll get to here on this list is a bit of a sidestep to that one, but similar. That is your employer is not allowed to re uh, refuse to let you take a maternity leave. Wow. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it's, again, I think this is like one of the biggest issues in employment law. You do not mess with parents and their parental leaves or their maternity leaves. Um, you're, as an employee in Ontario, you are entitled, you are, uh, you have, you have a statutory right to take a uh, parental leave, and that is a that is a job protected leave. So again, uh, a little bit different than a medical leave, but with a, with a parental leave, you are not only uh, your employer is not only required to reinstate you back to your prior position, mm -hmm. um, but they or sorry, not just back to your work, but it has to be your prior position. Um, and if your prior position doesn't exist anymore. Then your employer has to offer you some uh, similar position uh, at the same rate of pay. So I don't know why, but employers do tend to um, uh, mess with, still are messing with parents yeah. and their parental leaves, but uh, it's a major, major faux pas. A good list of goodies right there. We hope you learned something over the last uh, half hour. We're going to be back at this tomorrow again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, weekend shows as well. Now that we're just about ready to wrap up for tonight. So here's how you reach uh, Mackenzie and her team anytime. 1-855-821-5900 would be that number. Reach out by email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as always, always first stop is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca where you will find the severance calculator. Very handy tool used by 2 million 
fellow listeners. So how about that? You can check that out anytime on the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.